Ready for the word today? All right, let's do this. Go to James chapter 4. James, the fourth chapter. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray. Father, we're so thankful for your goodness and kindness tonight. Thankful that your mercy endures forever. We believe that you're alive and at work in us now to will and to do of your good pleasure. So, Father, right now we thank you for your faithfulness and your kindness. May the eyes of our understanding be enlightened. May our hearts be opened wide to see what you would say and do. In Jesus' name, amen. James chapter 4 and, uh, and verse number 8, James 4, 8, it says, it says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Say that with me. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Uh, let me remind you again of the New Living Translation it says, Come close to God, and God will come close to you. Tonight I want to share with you some things along these lines in this series we've been in for the last month or so called Close, Drawing Near to God. And we've been identifying the reality of the potential gap that exists in a person's walk with the Lord and, and, and God himself, and how we can see how this gap can be closed. The Lord said, if you will take a step toward him, then he'll take a step toward you. All right? You can, as an act of your will, move closer to God. Imagine that. And if you do, God will take notice of it. He, how many know you don't get ignored by him? The Bible doesn't say, draw near to God and he'll ignore you. Draw near to God, and he'll say, that was nice. <laughs> no, he will respond to you. Have you ever talked to an unresponsive person before? Have you ever preached to an unresponsive crowd? <laughs> Not fun. <laughs> Not funny, either. Uh, <laughs> God is not that way with us. When you will take a step and you will initiate and draw near to Him, He will respond to you and draw near to you. And when God is close to you, everything gets good. Because in Him is life, is fullness, it is blessing, it's favor. He's so desirable, more desirable than any person or any experience. That's who God is. And so when we talk about drawing near, drawing close to Him, oh my, get ready for some fun. Get ready to experience on a whole new level what it means to be a Christian. All right? Christian does not just mean go to heaven. Does not, does not just mean sins forgiven. Thank God for those things. Christian means, this is God's intention, intention that we would be close to Him. That we would have intimate relationship and walk with Him. Nothing else can substitute for that. Let me talk to you a little bit tonight about reality. Okay? Uh, reality is something that should be understood. You know, the dictionary, uh, different dictionaries say things like this. The quality of being real. You know, another one says uh, the world or the state of things as they actually exist. I think we're familiar to some degree with the word reality. Uh, it's a commonly spoken virtue that 
you know, that we should be real. I mean, no one really likes a fake or phony. No one likes a hypocrite. Uh, We we know that that's not a good characteristic, but if someone will be real, if they will live in reality, that's a very positive thing. And how how many know, uh, as Christians, we should not have our head in the sand. We should not, uh, you know, be oblivious to reality. But I believe that really many, many of us live ignorant of what really is, ignorant of true reality. And so here's the thing about this, though. We don't automatically live in reality. What we do live in is perceived reality. Whatever you perceive to be real will affect your mentality and your mindset and, 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 the, and your decisions in life, not necessarily what is real. Everybody with me on this? In other words, you could, you could have uh, uh, little Johnny could be told in his because in his home, you know, there's this uh, there's this rug, and if you move that rug, there's a there's a door, there's one of those what trap doors, and 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 and, and you can tell little Johnny that down there in the cellar, there there's a monster that. Uh, well, he eats little children. And if you tell little Johnny that over and over, and you continually remind little Johnny that in the cellar is a monster that eats little children, then how many know uh, if you go to little Johnny one day and you say, you know what, we're, today we're going to go down into the cellar. And you go over there and you grab his hand and you start walking him over to that and you pull back that rug and start to lift, lift that, that trap door up. Is little Johnny going to be excited? No, he's going to be fighting you with everything within him. I'm not going down in that cellar. Why? Because there's a monster down there. There's not. Right? But why is he acting that way? Because he thinks there is. His perceived reality is that he could get eaten if he goes down there, but that's not really true. It couldn't be also the case that many of us live and act certain ways because of what we perceive to be true, even though it's not absolutely the case. All right. And this is something where we've got to get what is real, real in here. Because if something is not real, yet we think it's real, or something is real, yet we're unaware of it, we will live as if it's not there. What if it's not a monster? Uh, What if it's not something coming against us, but it's something highly beneficial? What if there is a realm and a world and a, and, a, and a relationship with God that is available to all believers, but we've never seen it? We've never heard about its possibility. I'm talking about the depth and length and height and width of this thing. We've never heard about it. We'll just go on as if it's not there. We'll just live our lives as if what we have experienced is all to experience and can you see that our lives are limited by this truth our lives are daily governed by what we perceive to be there and not there and true or false and if any of that is wrong it's just gonna we're just gonna miss out or we're gonna be uh it'll be to our detriment 
But can you see also that God doesn't automatically just fix us? But He designed us in such a way that what we believe and what we perceive will impact us, positive or negative. And that puts the onus on us to find out what's real. To find out what actually exists. Okay? What is reality? What's your reality? What, what, what is life as you know it? How many know, in a very real, real sense, a practical reality to many people is their life is full of sickness? And that's reality to them. Limitation, suffering, despair. Some people, their reality is abuse. Some people, their reality is, is addiction. Their reality is all kinds, of, all kinds of things of that nature. And if you ask, what's life like? That's what's real to them. There are other people in the world, their reality is, is peace. It's, it's prosperity. Their, their, their reality is, is, is th- things, things go well. They, ha- they have freedom. They have happiness. They have well-being. And that's how they would describe their life. That's real. That's a, that's a reality in their present existence. And you have both of those things going on right here, right now. And people's own reality can vary from thing to thing. But we've got to discover what has God made available? What's what's the opportunity here and what can we live in? What if your perceived reality is not complete? What if it's not even true? What if you live your life at a certain level because of what you perceive to be as far as you can go? What if your relationship with God is held at a, let's say on a scale of 1 to 10, that the farthest you've ever gone is a 5? And, and why is that? Not because you're trying to stay away from God, because that's all you believe even exists. That's all you believe that is the potential of what you can experience in Him. We've been talking about knowing God and knowing God through a practical experience of walking with Him, of that relationship. What, what is the limits to that relationship? What are the limits to that relationship? Well, whatever you think they are, I'm telling you, you've never gone further. I've never gone further than what I've perceived to be the potential of that relationship. Now, uh, there are those in this world that have become aware of spiritual things. Now, think about it. We have physical reality and we have spiritual reality. Is one more true than the other? They're both real. There are things physical. We have a tough time denying that, right? There are things spiritual. Is it true that some live only with the reality of, of physical life? Mm-hmm. And many, many people, we would have to say most people, live basically oblivious to the spirit realm. They live oblivious to the fact. Because think about it. What is real? Well, God is, hmm, the flesh is, the spirit is, the devil is, angels are. I mean, these are are, are all uh, realities. Um, But what are you more aware of? And the answer 
for most of us, unfortunately, is we are aware of the flesh big time. And we are to varying degrees, but I think way too small we are aware of spiritual things. Even those of us who know they exist, and we know God exists, but to varying degrees, we live our lives aware of Him. Conscious of His presence, His power, His ability, His wisdom, His promise. And we live aware of physical things far more than spiritual things. And that becomes our reality that our life is this physical stuff that we see and feel with a little bit of God in there. Instead of the truth that we were designed to live a spiritual life in a physical body. Okay? Now, I hope, hope, we're, hope we're starting to, to think and, and, and stretch a little bit here because this is going to help us uh, to really go further in our walk in relationship with the Lord. Now, sometimes in, in our circles, we don't want to acknowledge certain things. And some of it because we don't know. But there are stories of events happening all over the world in various cultures and religious systems of people entering into supernatural things. And many of them are, have been demonstrated in various cultures that have nothing to do with each other and have no communication with each other. You hear stories about people moving things. Moving physical objects. Someone said, that's just the movies. It's not. It's not. You hear about healings, of, co- of course. And someone said, well, that's just in the church. No, it's not just in the church. There are cultures. There are people that have experienced literal healings. There are stories of Buddhist monks. And people that have, they sit in a loincloth in the middle of snow. And with wet stuff on them, and, they're, and they generate heat to dry things out and to keep themselves warm. Uh, are you saying you believe in that stuff? I'm saying those kind of things happen. In many cultures through history, you hear stories of that kind of stuff. And some of us, we might just want to think, oh, I don't believe any of that. Well, you might not believe in the methodology or the way into it. And I don't either. And no doubt... There are things that happen that are demonic in nature. But I'm not quick to say that every supernatural experience is automatically demonic if it's outside of the church. Here's what I'm saying, and here's what I'm getting at by this. There are people that have become aware of spiritual things. There are people that have moved out beyond the flesh as being the only thing that exists And because of that, they know things or experience things that we would call supernatural. I'm not saying it's all God. But I am saying that God created us not as physical beings, but as spiritual beings living in a body. And it doesn't happen widespread because most people have not learned this, even believers, even saved people. 
But if someone who is an, an unregenerate person can access things spiritual, how much more should you and I be able to access what God has said that we should and ought to? And the limitations of our mind of this can't happen and that can't happen and I don't believe this. Listen, don't, let me encourage you not to think of it as a compliment to yourself to be extra critical. And, or let me say it this way, extra skeptical. I'm not saying be gullible and swallow everything, but if I see it as a virtue or I am skeptical of every supernatural story or encounter, what I'm doing is I'm educating myself in unbelief. I want to be a believer, not a doubter. And I'm not putting my faith in just some experience. I'm putting it in God and His Word. But I believe there is a reality of the realm of God that you and I, for the most part, have yet to experience. And we cannot go beyond what we're willing to accept and grasp as the potential. And ultimately, what's this for? It's drawing near to Him and hearing His voice and knowing Him and experiencing Him. But I think we have closed Him off in our minds by, by being so fleshly-minded and so carnal. And this is what we can do to begin to, to, to begin to change that. Think about for a moment, if, if you grew up in a swamp, you were born in the swamp, and you lived your whole life. You were 20, 30, 40, 50 years old. And you lived your whole life in the swamp. I mean, that's basically all you knew is water and mud and mosquitoes, alligators, huh? snakes, and uh, things that stung you and bit you. And, 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 and just, you know, not a whole lot of, well, no dry land at all. And... Not a whole lot of sunshine. I mean, it's just kind of creeping through the, you know, the, the growth and everything. And, and that you just lived there your whole life. That was normal to you. I mean, whether you liked it or not, you may or may not like your life, but that's all you know. And, uh, and someone came to you one day, and you'd never met them. And they came uh, up in their boat, and they started telling you about dry land. They started talking to you about, uh, about a place where the ground is hard. And there weren't boats. You had cars that had rubber wheels. And the sunshine, sometimes for weeks at a time, just, it's just dry and there's nothing, there's no real danger as far as there's no creatures out there that are just going to, you know, bite you and, 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 and all this. How many know you would listen to that and think, this person's crazy. What in the world are they talking about there? This is a fantasy. They're making this up. But how many know it's real? Yet it would be so hard to grasp, so hard to wrap your mind around that if you never knew anything different than the swamp. Is it possible that we all have been in the swamp of some kind all of our lives and we have accepted what we've known and we've embraced that as the only thing that exists and we don't know to think about cars 
We don't know to think about roads because those thoughts have never even entered our minds. And if someone were to tell us about it, it would seem foreign. It's like, man, you're just kind of weird. You're totally making this stuff up. You're just kind of out there. I'm going to stay here with what I know is real. And people stay for fear or a lack of, you know, they're afraid of being out there. And there's a whole other world, a realm of a walk with God that we, we don't, we're not even aware of. Did you bring your Bible today? <laughs> Go to Genesis chapter 3 with me. Genesis 3. Let's, let's talk a little bit about Adam and Eve. Remember them? Of course, the first couple chapters talk about creation. Chapter 3 begins to talk about uh, about temptation, how, how the, remember the Lord instructed them, they've got this massive, massive garden, not just like a little garden, they live in this thing, and God said, have at it, he said, but that one tree over there, he said, you leave that one alone, and of course, Satan uh, jumped right all, all over that, and, and he came with his temptation, and you know the story, Eve uh, ate, Adam ate, and, and that was the beginning of the world as we know it. <laughs> But look at verse 6. It says, so when, so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her and he ate. Verse 7, then the eyes of both of them were opened. Look at that language. Then both of the, the eyes of both of them were opened. Now, in what way were their eyes closed before? Because prior to this, we know it's not talking physically. They saw the trees before. They, they, they weren't blind. Um, we know that they had a relationship with God. He would talk with them. He would walk with them. And, and, and they had this, this intimacy with God. So their eyes weren't closed in that way. But what eyes were closed? In some way, they had closed eyes. And it says, and they knew that they were naked. So they didn't know that before. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. Verse 8, and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. So we don't have all the details, but they knew what it sounded like when God was coming. They heard the sound, oh, God's coming, so that must have been a regular occurrence. They didn't go, what's that? Did you hear that? Something's in the trees. No, they just knew, oh, God's coming. So whatever that sounded like, whatever that looked like, they heard that coming. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord so he could obviously be located. And they said, there he is. Let's go over here and let's hide from him. Uh, He said, and they hid from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. Of course, we all know that's kind of dumb. How do you hide from God? I mean, he made the tree. He made you. He's going to find you. (laughs) <laughs> okay uh what was happening here is this is real interesting that then the eyes of them were opened and so in some way though their eyes were closed before but we know it wasn't in all ways their eyes were open to god we might say it this way that their spiritual eyes were opened before because the way god created and designed them is that they would be spiritual beings in a physical body and relate with God spiritually 
and God coming in, who is not a body, John 4 says God is a spirit. God coming in as a spirit was heard by them. They recognized when God was coming in. So their spiritual eyes, uh, their eyes that were open before, was all about God. They were all aware of Him. They were aware, but they had other eyes that were closed. And that must be flesh eyes. In other words, they were not aware of fleshly things. Everybody with me? I don't mean that they didn't see their own physical body. They ate. You know, they had, they had physical lives. But they were so aware of spiritual things. As God designed, they would be aware and live in the realm of the Spirit, even though they were in a physical body. That's the way God created us to be. But when sin came in, all of a sudden there's shame and guilt. And so condemnation sets in and that starts to ruin everything. And so now they had this other set of eyes that were opened, that were not meant to be opened. They saw things they were not meant to see. Okay? And so from this point on, basically, in human history... Mankind became more and more dull to spiritual things. This started the process of people becoming dull to the, to the point that today most people live oblivious to spiritual things. Everybody with me now? Now, it wasn't immediate that all of a sudden they didn't recognize God. They still did. They sinned and they said, God's coming. And God talked to them and then they what? They heard him. You even go on to the next, a little bit later. Remember when Cain killed Abel? And then God came and had a conversation with Cain. So he's not only a fallen human being, he's a murderer. And God is having a conversation with him. Think about that. It was still normal for them to hear the voice of God. God designed it that way. He wanted it to be that way. And that was still normal. But it appears that over a period of time, more, as more and more time passed, far fewer people were hearing God's voice. More and more people, it's like the voice of the flesh got bigger and bigger. The voice of the Spirit got smaller and smaller until people just live, and we are the results of this, until people just live a natural, fleshy physical life where all the information that comes to our brain is arrived at through physical senses i hear you physically i feel something i'm taking it in through my physical eyes and that's how my brain thinks that information comes through the physical world and that's not how god designed it to be that our brains would our minds we could say or our soul would be influenced by spiritual reality. But now, see, again, the spirit is. The spirit realm, the spirit of God, the spirit of man, it is. Angels are. Demons are. God is. But if I'm unaware, if I live as if those things don't exist, I'll never receive from that realm, and I'll just live a physical life. Now, if this is... If this is challenging, I'm glad it is. If this is a bizarre way of thinking, again, let's get out of our little bubble 
and realize that there are people that don't even know God, they're not even born again, that are experiencing things spiritual because they believe in them. And they have learned by intention to tap into spiritual things. And it works. So why is God doing it for them? It's not God doing it for them. It's not even necessarily God doing it for us. These things just are. We have the knowledge of God, and so we access through the door, through Jesus. We access His promises and His provision. But the fact that one person's a spirit who lives in a body, that's just true for all of us. It just is. Any person on the planet can access spiritual things today. Not granted by God. We're created that way. But we also have the ability to ignore the spiritual realities of this existence. And just go on our merry way. And we can, you know, people say, well, there's, a, there's an explanation for everything. You know, and what they mean is like a scientific explanation. Or you can put it in a test tube and observe it and reproduce it and all this that's just foolishness. That's foolishness gone to seed. You know, you know that, that just really is. That's living totally oblivious to the world in which we live. Not only denying, of course, the Lord. Uh, go to chapter 5. Got a couple more minutes? All right. Genesis 5. See, our spirit must educate our soul. In Genesis 5, notice with me in verse 21. It says, Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah. Of course, now you know this is pre-flood. Pre-flood, so people, the whole earth was different back then. It's like a big greenhouse, and, and people lived a long, long time. After the flood, the earth tilted. The water that was surrounding the earth came in. That's why we have such massive oceans. All this stuff changed after the flood, and that's when God said his man's days will be numbered 120 so you don't you know and even most people don't even get there but you know now and then people do get to that age but uh before that it was way different okay so he had enoch had methuselah when he was 60 uh, 65 after he begot methuselah enoch walked with god 300 years and had sons and daughters okay so he walked with god how long 300. anybody anyone been saved 300 years yet I mean, just walking with God every day, fellowship with Him for 300 years. Okay. But Enoch did this. And uh, so all the days of Enoch were 365. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Now, this is a very interesting thing. The Bible does not say much about Enoch. This, and then here's the other one. I'll read it to you. It's Hebrews 11.5. It says, by faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. So this gives insight. What was his walk with God? It was by faith. He didn't see God with his physical eyes, right? And, And was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Okay, so he had a testimony. In other words, he was talking to people. And people knew God likes him. God is pleased with Enoch. And uh, other, than, other than those scriptures, there's another mention in the book of Jude that Enoch prophesied some things about 10,000 saints coming. And, uh, and so apparently Enoch had a book. There was a book of Enoch that we don't have today. And uh, there is a book of Enoch out there. 
it's not the same one. It's, a, it's, it's not accepted as scripture. And the quote is not even from that book. But we do know from that that apparently there, say, is it possible there were other books that we don't have? Of course that's possible. Yeah. Yeah, but they're not, they're not, they're not going to contain things that contradict anything that we, we have. That's obvious. And so Enoch was one of those people because we have a quote from him. However, that's basically the sum total of what the scriptures say about Enoch. But very, very powerful. Think about it. He was, as the scripture says, he was the seventh from Adam. But back then when people lived a long time, that's not like a few years. <laughs> I mean, Enoch was over a thousand years later from Adam, okay? Maybe even like 1,300 years after that. But what happened in his life, and why did he, how was he able to get to this revelation and walk with God that no one else could? Maybe what he did, we could do. Our eyes, now... An advantage beyond what Enoch had, when we were born again, we were now given spiritual sight again. Mankind has lost it, but when you were born again, you now have the ability to see again, to see spiritually. But most of us fail to use those eyes, fail to use those spiritual ears. Jesus even, remember, he continually said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And most of them went, I don't, I don't, I don't get that. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not getting this at all. And so they weren't listening with spiritual ears. They weren't hearing. They weren't seeing things correctly. How did Enoch? How did this happen? Now we can only speculate. Other than we know he walked with God. He did it by faith, and he did it for a long time. And he testified. He testified of the goodness of God, and apparently he prophesied, he wrote things down that we don't have record of. But that, that's the gist of what we have as far as his life. But maybe we can imagine, as less and less people, year, hundreds of years later, people weren't hearing God's voice anymore. anymore. Adam did, his kids did, it was a normal thing. They'd be out in the field and God would talk to them, and they'd have a conversation. And how, how bizarre is that, that Christians today don't have that? I mean, isn't that like abundantly weird that we talk, that so many of us, we talk about, how do you hear from God? I mean, it's, it's sad that we're so dull, that God designed us this way, and even the sin issue has been dealt with for the believer now, and yet, what's God saying? I don't know. Haven't heard God for years. (laughs) I'm saying that hypothetically, you know what I'm saying? Not incriminating myself here. (laughs) Have heard from God, but have some ways to go too. No doubt. But maybe Enoch was hearing stories. Maybe he heard stories about Grandpa Adam. And about some of his kids and and how God would talk to him. And as most people in the world in those days, the world was getting worse. The sin nature had taken root and people were becoming evil. And, doing, and they're not paying attention to the Lord. They're not hearing Him anymore. They're living a fleshly life. And maybe He gave thought to some of these uh, stories of others as they walked with God in the beginning and God would fellowship and commune with them. And maybe He said, you know what? I can do that too. I believe that God will talk to me. We know He believed. We know it wasn't sight. Because he wouldn't be in Hebrews 11 if it was sight. 
you know, God showed up to him. No, no, no. He believed God. I think he probably rehearsed some of those things. He imagined those stories of God. And he began to seek God himself. He began to say, God, I know that you're there. And I know you have things to say to me. I know you want to talk to me. And he would do this. Well, he began to walk with God. And he walked with God 300 years. And there was communion. There was fellowship. There was, he wrote things that God said. We know that he was having this relationship with God where he just wasn't in the physical world. He was in a physical body but living in the spiritual world. He was like Jesus saying, the Son of Man is on earth, but the Son of Man is also in heaven. At the same time, and Enoch had that kind of relationship with God where it appears that one day, I bet God just gave him a choice. One day God gave him a choice, and Enoch said, I'm staying with you. And all of a sudden, well, where did Enoch go? I don't know. He was out there talking with God, and he's just gone. He was in there. He said he was praying like he always does. He's always in there praying, always in there talking with the Lord. And he just disappeared. He erased. <laughs> he's just gone. What do you mean he's gone? Well, he wasn't really gone. He was just gone physically. Is it possible? This is an unregenerate person. Spirit's not born again. But still, he was not under the law either. So God was moving him, dealing with him by, by grace, because that's God's nature. But he had this relationship with God. And apparently you can get so close to God where spiritual stuff is more real than physical stuff. He got back to the way God had it in the beginning. And now here we are, born again. We have the potential, if we will exercise our spiritual eyes, to hear God's voice. To see into the realm of the Spirit. To have such a communion with God where things around us change, this physical world is easily manipulated by spiritual things. There are people, people in, even in Hollywood, that don't know God, but have become aware of some of these things. And, and there's actually some, some parallels, even in certain movies. That parallel, I don't mean they're proclaiming truth, but they parallel what really is. Now, now if, I, if I give examples, you've got to take it with a grain of salt, all right? And don't take it as a, as a broad endorsement. But for those of you who are movie buffs, I think of things like, stop trying to hit me and hit me from the Matrix. You know what I'm talking about? It's, it's things like that where we are not trying to be spiritual, not trying to be spirits, not trying, we, we got to stop trying to make what happen, make happen what already is. And we accept the fact that God made us as spirit beings to commune with Him. That is the potential of your life. And how many know when we relate to Him and understand this and get the swamp mentality out, then all the other stuff we talk about. You talk about prayer, man, your prayer life just hit a new level. It doesn't invalidate all the principles and all the, the, the scriptures and the, the guidelines that we live by. They just all go to a higher level. We want to talk about worship or about ministering to people or about all this stuff. Those things all remain the same, 
but now with a much higher awareness of God in the reality that he exists in. Because we exist in that same place. You and I have a foot in two worlds, in the physical world and in the spiritual world. Let's not be oblivious to the Spirit. Let's not just be, I'm just a physical person, you know, I'm just a, I'm only human. (laughs) We were created by God to have fellowship with God, to have a relationship with Him, and this is not a one-way deal where we do all the shouting. We do all the talking. We do all every... No, it's supposed to be two-way. And to the degree that we're not experiencing that, man, it's, it's, it's a shame. I am determined to not be annoyed with my own life when I get to heaven. Looking back, thinking, you mean... You mean I could have... You mean I could have had this type of fellowship with the Father... Then? You mean I could have experienced this there? That's why I say, is there anyone among us? Is there anyone around here that's going to get it before they go to heaven? Does this seem deep? I don't know if this seems really deep here. The Bible does say, deep calleth unto deep. (laughs) You know, this says the Spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. There is a deep out there. There is some depth of a relationship and of a knowledge of God's kingdom and of the spirit world that who's supposed to be operating there? Some, some uh, Buddhist monk that's not born again? No. I mean, they can because they are. Any human being can access, you know, is it supposed to be some Satan worshiper who does all this stuff and all of a sudden they're seen into the spirit realm? That's not, their, that's not where they're supposed to be. They can because demons are real. They're really a spirit being. But I'm, I'm a child of God. I'm supposed to be in there. I'm supposed to be with him. I'm supposed to be aware not only of my physical world, physical body, but have spiritual eyes. To see and to hear him. Hopefully tonight I've been able to at least to some degree stretch your thinking. And I'm endeavoring to stretch my own thinking. Lord help me to see the possibility of what can be because of what already is. To where I get out of my own energy and strength trying to make something happen. Trying to get God to move and relax and say here you are Lord just with me now. And we, listen, let me, I don't know if I said this in a Saturday night service or which service. Let me challenge you again, if, or the first time if I hadn't said this. When you go somewhere, you leave your house. When you go somewhere in the car, you're getting, out, getting ready to get out of your car to go to work, go into a restaurant, go to do something. Take a moment and say, thank you, Father, that you are with me now. Your presence indwells me. You are surrounding me. And as I go into this place to do these things, I am never alone. Now go. Now go. You'll live with a greater awareness by choice of His presence. And watch as He starts making you aware of things. You'll know things you wouldn't know otherwise. You'll be led of Him. And His voice will become more Uh, recognized and more clear just simply 
by taking that step of giving him attention, acknowledging him, not acknowledging the natural stuff. We're aware of that. Acknowledge him before you make a move, whatever you do. I mean, that's a 30-second prayer. But think about living that way now. Again and again, over and over, we make that our habit, we make that our practice. I'm never going to live my life without an awareness of God. Father, I believe you here. I believe your spirit is in me. I believe you're with me now and that you're talking to me all the time. You have much to say to me and I hear your voice. Don't acknowledge anything less than that. I'm getting into my future messages now. This is preview. Because you guys are such good listeners. (laughs) Don't acknowledge anything less than that. Don't say, I can't. God, I don't feel you. I don't see you. I don't. No, no, no. Just get all the negative out. That's all a hindrance. That's the flesh that for thousands of years we've been trained to have doubts, to question everything. Acknowledge what you know. You are with me. You're, you're in me. I, John 10, 10. John 10, the chapter Jesus said, I am, uh, you are my sheep or I am the sh- good shepherd. My sheep hear my voice. Lord, I'm your sheep. I hear your voice. I hear your voice every day. Now, make that kind of language habitual. I don't know that we change just like that, where we go from zero to 100. But I think we go more and more and more and more. We're aware of Him. We are aware of spiritual things. Not to the sense of getting weird and where we're seeing a demon behind every bush. And I don't want to be devil conscious. I want to be God conscious. Hmm. I'm not just going to try to melt the snow with my body. Because some monk did that. I'm not interested in that. But the fact that it's there. And people have, have experienced stuff. I don't want to be a doorknob either. Where it's like. Man that guy doesn't even know God. And he's you know. And here I am just living a fleshly life. I don't want to be that. I acknowledge Him, His Word, His provision, His promise, His Spirit, His voice, His moving, His anointing. Everything I do, I do with God. I go to work with God. I, I, I'm a father by God. I'm, as a dad, I'm a, I'm a pastor by God for me. I, 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 he's with me in everything I do. And the more I acknowledge Him, hmm, this is good. And I'm speaking from experience now. The more I acknowledge Him, man, the better it is. So I'm going to keep up. I'm not 300 yet, but, and I won't be 300 in this physical body, <laughs> but the rest of my days, I'm going to stir my heart to acknowledge Him in all my ways. And as Proverbs said, then He'll direct our paths. When we acknowledge Him, not when we acknowledge our problems, not when we acknowledge weakness, not when we acknowledge less, when we acknowledge Him, then He directs our paths. Praise God. Amen. Let's pray tonight. Father, we're so thankful for your goodness, so thankful for your love and your mercy. You are so very faithful, so very kind. Lord, you're leading us, I believe, even now, tonight, during during this time, you're leading us to experience reality, not necessarily the realities of our past and what we've always known, but Lord, the reality of your presence the reality of you in us. 
and around us in everything we do and everything, everywhere we go. We want to be aware of you. So, Father, we acknowledge you tonight. Have your way in us. We hear your voice. We know your plan. We acknowledge your presence. (laughs) We acknowledge your presence. So, Father, thank you even now. (laughs) Even now in this place. We take advantage of your grace. And we appropriate what's ours, what belongs to us. Wisdom comes right now. Direction and answers come from you. Oh, healing and and, and virtue and, and supernatural strength come from you. All these things are accessed by us now. Thank you for working in us. Thank you for speaking to us. And thank you, Lord, that you've made us to be just like you and to walk with you. For this we give you all the thanks and praise, all the glory, all the honor. Be unto our most faithful God, holy and most faithful Lord. Thank you, Lord, for working in us today. In Jesus' name, amen.